what's going on man welcome back to the channel i'm ron i appreciate all the love that i got on the first video let's keep it rolling today with our tier two running back rankings today is going to be a lot more interesting it's not so much chalk and it's not so much straight off edp this is where i can start to defer from public opinion and really start to get that kind of advice that'll set us apart from our competition man but before i get into that as you can see it's darker in this room it's nighttime you know the lighting's a little bit better you know i got that that quarantine scruff going. Oh my god, what is that? That quarantine scruff going. Oh my god, what that is that? Quarantine scruff going. Pause. So let's get straight to it. Nah, that's that's all that pulled up. That's Zia's. So let's tuck the chain back in. Strictly business today. Tier two running back rankings. 0.5 PPR. Let's get into it, man. All right, so first up, we got Dalvin Cook, man. And before I get in too into detail on Dalvin Cook's profile and what his outlook for this season looks like, we're going to dive into this tweet that fantasy football god Noah from Bunk Bed Breakdowns over at uh, BDG Fantasy, he tweeted this the other day. Heading into his age 23 season, Dalvin Cook had played just four NFL games. Darius Geis, who turned 23 this past week, has played in five games. His career is not over. When I read that tweet, it got a little bit hot, man. That's something that a lot of Darius Geis truthers like me needed to hear right now, man. So... We'll, we'll dive into Darius Geis on another video and go, go very deep into Geis and his outlook for this season and in Dynasty and why I love that guy. But I just wanted to give my boy Darius Geis some love before we hop into this Dalvin Cook um, breakdown. Geis is a stud, man. He gets sleeped on. So now we look at Dalvin Cook, and Dalvin Cook's going at the 106 in Fantasy Pros drafts right now. All of the ADP and data that I'll be looking at is .5 PPR, and ADP will be from Fantasy Pros. Fantasy Pros, uh, they take a composite from ESPN, Yahoo, any league that you do fantasy on, they have the ADP for 0.5 PPR, standard PPR. For my rankings, we're only looking at 0.5 PPR. So Dalvin Cook was the RB2 in points per game in 2019. Now, he would have had an amazing season, and on top of that, he probably would be getting drafted higher than where he is right now, had he not gotten hurt in week 11. Prior to that, he was on pace for 1,479 rushing yards, 681 ru receiving yards, and 16 total touchdowns. Now, that's just a monstrous season. Dalvin Cook's that boy. He's a straight stud. You ever seen him play? He's special. He's a special talent, and you could have seen that when you watched him in the preseason last year before the season even started, that he was going to tear everything up. He tore it up. He went crazy, but he got hurt, and he's been getting hurt his whole career. But I want to look at his 2020 outlook. You see, Kevin Stefanski, people credit Kevin Stefanski for the Vikings and their run game. He did call a lot of run plays with the fourth highest run play percentage in the league. So he was top five in calling run plays, and that's a better indicator of how much a team is running the ball as opposed to attempts, because attempts factor in game script and uh, plays ran per game. So Gary Kubiak will run the ball just as much as Kevin Stefanski did, maybe slightly lower. But in the two seasons with Arian Foster uh, in Houston, Gary Kubiak ranked number two and number nine in run-to-pass ratio. That was with a stud running back like Arian Foster, and he and Arian Foster and Dalvin Cook are probably similar skill levels and similar 
um, tier of player. They're not the same kind of back, but I'm sure that Gary Kubiak's going to want to feed Dalvin Cook the ball in a similar fashion to how he, he fed Arian Foster the ball, man. So the questions for Dalvin Cook in 2020, or else he'd be ranked a lot higher, is will he hold out and will he stay healthy? So first, when you look at the medical history report on player profiler, you look at his injury probability. Now, injury probability is a new stat that player profilers come out with, and it gives you the probability that a player will miss a game in 2020. Now, Dalvin Cook's at 55.4%, which sounds pretty high, but it's the 12th among running backs in the league. He's not super durable, but he's also not super fragile. And then you look at his fragility rating, 65.5, and hold on, I need to look at what fragility rating actually is. All right, and then you look at his fragility rating, which is 65.5, which is a composite number to show how durable he is compared to other running backs without factoring in his workload. So at number 26, it's clear that he's not super fragile and some guy that can't stay healthy. When you look at his injury history, his only major injury came in 2017 during his rookie year when he suffered an ACL tear. After that, it's just a hamstring strain and a couple of joint sprains and a shoulder sprain. Nothing too serious, as you can see with the yellow and green markers. He's only missed seven games since that 2017 tear, and I'd imagine that it's going to keep going down every season as he, as he gets used to an NFL workload and as he moves on in his career. So there's not really much to worry about. I don't really draft scared um, when it comes to injuries. That's how you get a guy like Dalvin Cook last year. That's how you get Keenan Allen the year that he broke out after his... Um, after he ruptured his spleen. There's no reason to fade to fade injuries because it's all probability. Anybody can get hurt at any moment in the NFL. There are certain players that have exceptions that are massively injury prone, like a Todd Gurley. But outside of that, I'm not really looking too far into uh, injury history when it comes to my player rankings. So that, that comes to, is Dalvin Cook gonna hold out? Will he miss games? Um, it's too early in the, in the offseason to slide him down right now because we're, we're in late June right now. If, if you are drafting scared and you don't, you don't pick him as a fifth running back off the board and he ends up not even holding out and this becomes solved literally next week, then you're gonna be hitting yourself in that, you're gonna be kicking yourself in the, what? If it turns out that he doesn't hold out and he signs his deal next week after you did a draft today and you passed up on him for whoever, you're gonna be kicking yourself, man. So there's no reason there's no reason to freak out right now. But as we get closer to, to draft season in August, when you're getting in those home leagues and redraft and the big money leagues, that's when you're gonna to want to start to move Dalvin Cook down. With that, I want to say that my draft guide's coming out soon. I'm gonna have that up sometime in early July, and that'll that'll have my rankings, but it'll be updated throughout the off season. So these are gonna be my my rankings right now on this current day, but they're always gonna be changing. Dalvin Cook. Depending on what his holdout news is, any injuries, all that will be updated on my draft guide. So, to be honest, I'm pretty optimistic that he's going to sign an extension. The, the Vikings aren't suffocated in cap like they once were. Now they have around $12 million available. And Dalvin Cook just dropped his asking price from 16 to 13 So when you, when you weigh the two, they're probably going to meet in the middle somewhere. And I think the Vikings definitely value Cook like a, like a star running back. So I think that this is going to get figured out sooner rather than later. And that's why I have him at the RB5. Next up, we got Derrick Henry, man. He's going at the 107 in drafts as the RB6. I have him as my RB6 as well. So we're still pretty on par here. Derrick Henry, when you look at him, the guy's a monster. This is his prospect profile from when he was a high school player. He was a 6'3", 240-pound athlete. 
bro, if you're in high school and this man slaps your girl's ass before homeroom, bro, what do you do? Derrick Henry, dude, scariest guy to ever pick up a football and and run out of the backfield easily. He he literally spun Hall of Fame Earl Thomas, Hall of Fame safety Earl Thomas, out of his socks with a stiff arm. He's probably the best in-between tackles runner right now, but it's the receiving capability that limits his upside a little bit. Last year, he only had 18 catches, but we can look in a little bit deeper and see that his season was a bit inflated by the efficiency that came with Ryan Tannehill. They started out 2-4, and four, and then when Ryan Tannehill came in, they ended up going 7-3 and three in the 10 games with Ryan Tannehill. They finished top 6 in offensive DVOA after being 22nd the year before. Derrick Henry last season, he had 303 carries for 1,509 yards and 18 touchdowns. He was the RB3. So he had a great season, and if you got him in the fourth round, you probably were looking pretty nice last year. But the, the thing is that Ryan Tannehill, I'm not a believer that the guy's a stud quarterback, top eight elite quarterback. I'm not sure that you can say that after 10 games in a playoff run. So the, the sixth best offense, I think it would be tough for the Titans to repeat as a top six offense. I think that they're going to regress, and I think Derrick Henry's going to regress along with the offense and I think Derrick Henry's a great running back but he'll only go as far as Ryan Tannehill can take him he's not going to catch a lot of passes he only had 18 last year as I said before but he's the favorite to lead the league in rushing uh, on FanDuel Sportsbook and pretty much any anywhere else that you can bet so he's an extremely safe option but he's not a top five pick because he doesn't have that same kind of receiving upside that an Alvin Kamara or a Dalvin Cook or a Saquon Barkley has he's he's a little bit more limited but his, his rushing upside is immense. Next up, we got Joe Mixon coming at the 110 in Fantasy Pros drafts. For Mixon last year, it's been a tale of two stories, man. He, he started out the year super dry. When you look at what he did through his first eight games, I honestly don't blame people for wanting to drop him. When you look at these splits right here, his first eight games, he averaged, he was on pace for 8.82 half-point PPR points. He was getting... 12 rush attempts a game, 40 yards. He didn't have a rushing touchdown. It was just so ugly. But coming off the bye week, something changed where Zach Taylor decided to run the, the offense through Joe Mixon, and that's what really picked up his fantasy season. As you can see in the back eight games, he was on pace for 1,634 yards, 10 rushing touchdowns, and 354 receiving yards. So after the Bengals' bye week, when Zach Taylor finally decided to commit to Joe Mixon as his lead back, he was the RB6 in .5 PPR. And on top of that, they went 2-14 and 14, the Bengals last year, and the two wins that they got were after the bye when they decided to start giving the ball to Mixon more. So I think what that does is that Zach Taylor next year, or this year, is going to have in his game plan. This is what was working at the end of the season, so let's try and implement that next season in making Mixon a focal point in the offense, especially with a rookie quarterback under center. The thing about Mixon is that he's always been good, he has let people down, but it's only been because of his situation. The guy's a legit baller. Second round pick, he slid because he had some off-field, off-the-field concerns. But when you look at his stats and his efficiency stats, when you when you take into consideration how bad the offensive line and his offense was, they're insane. He was number two in yards created, number one in evaded tackles, and number four in juke rate. He had to create everything on his own. But when you look at it this year, he's going to have the same workload that he had over those last eight games, and the offense is going to be so much better. They added Joe Burrow, Jonah Williams, the offensive tackle, is going to come in and slot in at left or right tackle. That's going to help the run game. Then you got John Ross, A.J. Green. They drafted T. Higgins. So now, now there's going to be an aerial attack around Joe Burrow, and Mixon's going to have a lot more running lanes, and he's going to have 
upgrades at the offensive line. So now when you look at that and you project that into 2020, Mixon looks like a smash. He looks like he's going to be a, a top five running back. And honestly, every day he has me he has me wanting to inch him up a little bit closer to the to the top of this tier and maybe even into the next tier with a guy like Alvin Kamara. And I don't want to hear about Joe Mixon not catching enough balls because of Gio Bernard. I honestly I think that Gio Bernard uh, is a cut candidate this year and Mixon's going to get more opportunity to catch the ball at Oklahoma. That was his bread and butter, man. He was he had an 11.7 percent, 84th percentile target share at Oklahoma. And he was the kind of the lightning to the thunder of Samaj P. Ryan in that backfield. So for this season, expect Mixon's pass catching to go up. Expect his efficiency to go up. Expect his numbers to go up as a whole. Because that offense is, is only going to get better with Joe Burr on the additions they've made. Zach Taylor's a young coach. And he's, he's going to get this team trending in the right direction. Alright, so now we got Miles Sanders, man. Miles Sanders is being drafted as the 210 according to Fantasy Pros, man. That's the RB12. I personally have him at the RB8. This is the first running back where I get to really plead my case as to why I'm higher on him than, than mock drafts and consensus right now. He got me my first championship in my home league that I've been in for two, three years now. And that big second half of the season after Jordan Howard went down, man, he balled out. He saved my ass when I, when I was an idiot and I started Mike Boone. Miles Sanders, man, he, he is definitely one of the main reasons why I secured uh, numerous championships last year, man. And on top of that, I have him in every dynasty league. I was drafting him everywhere coming out. I believe in his skill set. And I think I, the Eagles trading up for him in the second round, they believe in his skill set too, man. When you look at the seven games without Jordan Howard, he was on pace for 1,102 rushing yards, 466 receiving yards, and 10 total touchdowns, man. That's a low-end RB1, mid-tier RB1 level as a rookie. When you look at Miles Sanders' total rushing and receiving yards at FanDuel Sportsbook, his over-under is set at 1,424.5 right now. To compare Miles Sanders, you, look, you can look at Alvin Kamara's total. He's at 1,524.5, and Derrick Henry's at 1,509.5. So Miles Sanders, within 100 of guys who are legit running backs, and he's getting undervalued like crazy. He was insane last year. He was fifth in juke rate, number 13 in evaded tackles, which is which is crazy because evaded tackles isn't per touch. It's it's a total bulk number. And Miles Sanders only was on the field for 48% of snaps last year. On top of Miles Sanders being a great football player and an efficient one at that, he runs behind the number one offensive line according to Pro Football Focus. They have Jason Peters, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey. Brandon Brooks did get hurt. So that is a blow to the offensive line, but that offensive line still is going to be top five and they're going, they're going to maul up front. It's, it's not going to be a problem. They still got Jason Kelsey and the two big boys on the outside. As much as Brandon Brooks hurts, it, it's not going to have Miles Sanders move down much farther than he is right now in my rankings. With that in mind, Miles Sanders fire him up as a, as a stud RB1 in fantasy this year. And I, I have no doubt that Miles Sanders will be that guy in fantasy. Everybody, I think a lot of people are going to look to fade Miles Sanders. His ADP is the 210. But I'm comfortable grabbing him as high as, like, the 110. I, like, I'll, I'll grab him at the end of the first round easily. The last running back in this tier, Kenyon Drake, man. It's crazy that I'm saying this, because I've never owned Kenyon Drake on a fantasy team. Never in Dynasty, Seasonal, anything like that. The main thing for Kenyon Drake was that he balled the fuck out after he left Miami Dolphins, man. When you look at the eight games after he left... He was on pace for 1,286 rushing yards, 342 receiving yards, and 16 total touchdowns. 
Now, I don't expect those exact numbers to pan out because of course this is a sample. On top of looking at those numbers for a whole season, just in those games that he was with the Arizona Cardinals, he was the RB7 in fantasy in those weeks. Cliff Kingsbury committed to him as his workhorse running back, man. When you look at it, he averaged an 82% snap share in Arizona. That was good enough for six last year. That's, that's bell cow status, man. Kenyon Drake's going to be a legit bell cow in 2020, and there's no reason to fade him. Last year, the Cardinals were a high-powered offense. They were 13th in offensive DVOA and 7th in weighted DVOA. Now, weighted DVOA weights the back half of the season more than the front half of the season because the back half is more valuable. So Kenyon Drake, that's when he was traded there. So he, he helped that offense improve, and they were, they were top seven in, in offensive efficiency. Now, when you take that into account with Kyler Murray in year two taking a step forward, you got DeAndre Hopkins, and you got Cliff Kingsbury in the second year calling plays. Kenyon Drake is going to be the bell cow of one of the most high-powered offenses in this league. And there's no reason there's no reason to fade him. I know Kenyon Drake has a bit of a stigma on him, but don't fade my guy Kenyon Drake. I'm telling you that RB9 is not too high for my guy Kenyon Drake. He's a guy that I want on almost all of my teams this year if I'm picking in the back half of the first round. Alright, so that wraps up my tier two running backs. Now all of these rankings are gonna be in the draft guide coming out soon, and the draft guide is gonna be tiered. It's gonna have it's gonna have tier tier one, tier two, tier three, and not just for running backs, for receivers, quarterbacks, tight ends. So that you can go through in your draft and cross off and see who's left over in each tier on the list. It's going to be crazy to use for seasonal leagues, for best ball, whatever you want to use. That's going to be coming out soon. And it's going to be updating anytime I make any kind of adjustment. I just have to get the, the details figured out and that's going to be dropping soon. But anyways, man, thanks for stopping by. If you haven't already, follow me on Twitter at Ron Stewart underscore. And if you haven't already, go down below and, and subscribe, man. It mean a lot. I want to go crazy with this channel. You know, second video, I plan to drop three a week, and we're just going to go crazy, man. We're going to have fun. It's not just going to be fantasy football, but for now, we're going to get into fantasy football, man. Leave a comment below. Let me know what you think. If, if you don't agree with me on any of these running backs, if you got any ideas for videos in the future, man, let me know. It's been your boy, Ron. I'll see you in the next one, man.